Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome to the Way Out Podcast. Hope y'all are doing exceptionally well. I'm here with my brother Jeff, um, and we're excited about doing this live Q and A uh, periodically, based upon schedule, based upon what we have throughout the week, um, and based upon the leadership of Holy Spirit. We'll be doing live Q and As uh, just to kind of be good, good buffers for us, uh, so that we could be able to still serve you all, even though we may not feel a particular topic the Holy Spirit wants us to share today. So the good thing about it is we can utilize. Uh, our gifts, our experience, and most importantly, the Holy Spirit, um, to be able to um, um, just share our gift with you all. So if you're watching us live, come on in, let us know what you're watching from, all that good stuff, and uh, we'll get right into the live Q&A. So as everyone is coming in, go ahead and get your questions ready, type them out, and Jeff and myself will serve you all. We'll probably only be on here for about a good hour, Um, and then at the end, we'll talk about our top three fries. But Jeff, how you doing, my brother? I'm doing good. Um, I'm I have a microphone in this time because something's wrong with my microphone, but hopefully Amen. everybody can hear me. One um, thing that is that is very familiar with preachers is technical difficulties. I think I, that's I'm the definitely. devil's the the, the devil's uh, weapon of choice. You, you, want, you, you want to hear a quick funny story? Yeah, yeah. So uh, you know, Joy and I are, are online pastors for, for the people that can't make it in right now, but um, we're still attending church. And I, I was uh, sometimes I get asked to do camera because we have a lot of the youth that are involved with the cameras and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, and um, so Dr. Mark Rutland preaches at our church on Wednesday nights. Yeah. So I was filming him and, and I was zoomed out and everything was good. And I was like, okay, so I'm getting the hang of this. Well, the very next uh, Wednesday, my, my pastor preached and they're like, well, you need to zoom in a little bit more. So I zoomed in. And he was, he, he was, you know, he's Pentecostal like us. <laughs> so he, he moves all, around he all over the place. And like, I'm looking at the thing. And next thing I know, he's not even on the camera. And I'm like doing this. I was like, y'all, <laughs> I am not called to uh, 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 tech ministry. I, I, I'm thankful that no. I'm able to help, of course, but that's not my full-time calling. I, there is a special place in hell for sound equipment. I, a preacher I used to uh, go to. A church I used to go to, used to, the preacher used to say that all the time. He said, there's a special place in hell for sound equipment. And then one time he said, there's a hell for sound equipment people. I said, well, Uh-oh. I'm not going to get into that. That's funny, man. Because, <laughs> hey, man, it's, 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 it's always something, man. It's like, if how come does this thing act up when it hasn't been touched? When no levers have been moved, no buttons have been pushed, the thing hasn't been touched, and it's still... Acts up, man. Yeah, it, it drives nuts. I, 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 I'm not a sound and equipment guy. I will just say nah, that. I mean, um, uh, now I'm glad that I understand how some of it works. Yeah, because that, that way I can fill in and help out when I can. It's just like I said, it's not my my full time. I feel you, bro. It's <laughs> definitely not mine, man. It's but it's good uh, to be familiar with it for sure. Exactly. So we got Jenny anyway. D in the building. She says, Hey, Coach Josh and Jeff, watching oh, from you. Ontario, Canada. Excited for tonight's episode. Thank you so much for watching. Ontario is beautiful. Um, I'm from Pennsylvania. We used to go up to actually Quebec, which I think might be Quebec, but I'm not sure. Um, but uh, Quebec mm-hmm. every year is Canada's absolutely beautiful um, place. To be. Yeah, that's what I hear. Yep. So, yeah, man. So we're just waiting on you all to post your questions. We'll be serving you all this evening. Um, so whatever questions you may have, me and Jeff will just continue to talk because <laughs> we're friends. We could just pull up a conversation. Um, oh, here we go. Too late. 
Corey Totten says, hey, guys, from Pennsylvania. Oh, we got someone else from the PA. Yep. I think she. I think Corey's been with us before. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. But I didn't. I know she was from PA. Uh-oh. Because I, so, oh, there we go. Yep. Because I remember Pennsylvania, but yeah. Cool. Um. All right, our first question for the night, and for those who are just now joining us, I see some of the numbers kind of ticking up. Um, we're doing a live Q&A. I guess you could tell by the title, so uh, that's self-explanatory. Uh, we'll be doing a live Q&A for about 40 minutes or so, and then we'll uh, get right into our food portion. And then Jeff and I are going to go. Hey, Nikki, Nick from Charlotte. That's where I'm from. Well, Jeff was lived in Charlotte for a while, too. Exactly. Hey, what, what, the Queen City. There we go. The Queen City. Joshua yeah. Pittman says, hey, Coach, quick question. How should oh how should I read my Bible? There we go. How should I read my Bible? Should I read a chapter and then sit and meditate? Because reading in one sitting leaves me sleepy. It feels like a demonic spirit that I can't shake. Great question. I don't know if you want to take a stab at it, Jeff, or if you want me to roll with it real quick. Or why don't, why don't you go first and then I'll, I'll answer or fill in any gaps I see. Sure. Uh, yeah, Josh. Uh, uh, the enemy. Well, the Word of God says for us not to be ignorant of Satan's devices. Any device that could be used against him, he's going to try to affect those devices. You know, Jeff and I uh, comically discussed just a few seconds ago about technical difficulties. Um, his ultimate objective is to ensure that we do not grow. That's why the Bible says faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. And so once we are aware of the demonic tactics and once we are aware that uh, that the Bible is true and that it's powerful, it's a sword, it's our only weapon against the enemy per se, right? Then we'll understand when we have those moments of, of odd uh, distractions, sleepiness, that we'll be aware that this is a demonic uh, hindrance trying to cause um, us not to prevail, right? So that's just a broad kind of stroke to kind of get you to see, oh, okay, now I understand why I feel a certain type of way, right? So the first part of the question is, how should I read my Bible? Well, how I particularly read is how uh, my students, when I was in elementary, wanted to read their books with me, right? Um, I read my book uh, as if I'm walking up to the Holy Spirit and say, hey, hey, can you read this to me? Like, I don't read my Bible in arrogance. I read my Bible in humility. I, I read my Bible the most humble way possible because I know nothing. Um, Jeff and I can tell you we've been in ministry for a long time and we've read the same text a thousand times. And on a thousandth and one time, God decided to take a scuba diving in that text. And then there's a deeper revelation there. So what I've learned over the years is to let is let the is engage the word with the author, right? So how should I read my Bible? Should I read a chapter and then sit and meditate? Well, I, I could attest to this, and Jeff may have a different way to hear approach. Like I don't just go to my Bible like it's a duty. I go to my Bible because of the opportunity, right? And when you change your perspective of why you have to read your Bible, like if you read your Bible for a duty, it's not going to be attractive. It's not going to be fun. You're not going to want to do it. But when you see it as an opportunity for revelation, opportunity for you um, to be sharpened and to be developed, then there will be a greater emotional uh, pull towards it because now your mind understands the benefit of what the word of God is there for. So how I read my Bible, I'll tell you how I do it. First, I just say, Holy Spirit, reveal something, reveal something to me today that I've never seen before. I pray, to, I, I always say, I, I anticipate an enjoyable time with you as we read, right? And then typically I go to my basic reading plan. I, I, I advise everyone at least have a basic reading plan if there's not a, 
a, um, a Holy Spirit prompting to go read a text. So what I do is I read a gospel a month and a proverb a day. I keep it very simple. If I wake up and Holy Spirit say, hey, go to Romans, I go to Romans. If the Holy Spirit says, go go jump in 2 Corinthians, jump in 1 Timothy, I go jump in that. But typically, I always say, okay, I'm going to make sure that I see Jesus every day through a gospel and Acts plus Acts. And I read a proverb a day, right? A proverb a day keeps the devil away. I'm just joking. But anyway, that's what I typically do. Now, as far as you, it depends on what level you are spiritually. Once you begin to understand the demonic attacks that come with it, then you have like a 30 second to a two minute window to fight that that frustration, to fight that resistance, and then it's an oasis. But most people fall in that first 30 seconds or two minutes and they're done. So what I would say is make room, create a space where you can read your word, create a space where you can read it uninterruptedly, I think, uh, which means put your phone on silent, cut your phone off, text everyone that may need you and say, hey, if you need me, hey, he might call somebody else. I'm just joking. But make sure where not nothing from any devices or anything that come your way, right, to interrupt you. Uh, but but sometimes you can listen to the Bible audibly. Sometimes when I when I drive to work, I listen to the dramatized. Uh, my mom put me on it. My mom used to have the little cassettes of the dramatized of the Bible, and I used to listen on the way to work with the with the animals in the background with the different characters. And so there's there's ways that can that you can do. But if you feel sleepy, then I think you may need to change your perspective of what reading a Bible is about. And I think you'll be more motivated to do so. Right. So I let Jeff take a stab at it as I kind of kind of ponder on this a little bit more. Yeah. No. I, can you hear me? OK. I'm going to. Yeah. That. Here you good. Yeah. Um, no, I think that's good. I, one thing is we don't want to get into a situation because I don't believe in formulas. Um, yeah. I, I do That's look true. for I do look for patterns, but to ask how to read your Bible is like me telling you how to love your wife. Uh, I can't mm-hmm. do that because it's your relationship. And what I mean by that is that if I told you a formula to love your wife, it would be um, robotic. Yeah. Uh, so so and as he kind of echoed this, he didn't say it, but he but he he detailed it, and that is he is listening for the Holy Spirit because of his love for God um, to show him where to go. Yeah. And so uh, what, as he said, is exactly what I do, unless the Holy Spirit has already told me. So for instance, if the Holy mm-hmm. Spirit told me to spend time reading through the entire Bible, which I've been doing actually, because I felt led to do it, that's different. Um, but, but so that means I keep on going through that, but then there's different times of the day where I'll yeah. pray the Holy Spirit, what do you want me to take to? So I'm doing that kind of, uh, the thing that he told me to do, but then there's the love relationship that I'm doing too, right? Because another thing is that, you know, uh, it, it doesn't matter if you're called to a position uh, in the church. Every single Christian today, especially in the New Testament, is called to witness uh, to the people in the world. So it's important that you know your Bible so that you can tell them the truth. Because if you don't know your Bible, you'll look foolish and you won't be able to answer it. So you should, that's why Paul said, study to show thyself approved. But yeah, as far as reading your Bible, I can't give you a formula. I would say, Holy Spirit, help me to do what, to go where I'm supposed to go. Guys, that could be as simple as just opening your Bible and start reading. Uh, Yeah, as simple as that. I mean, literally, uh, it is as simple as that. It's not that difficult. And uh, uh, I mean, I'm not giving you some grand thing. I, I literally pray and open my Bible. My wife does the exact same thing. And the Holy Spirit always takes us to the right, excuse me, to the right place. 
Um, yep. As far as falling asleep, I understand where you're coming from. I think a lot of people deal with that because the devil tries to attack them. Number one, from a practical perspective, don't read your Bible, you know, when, when like sitting in bed. You know, if you can't, if, if you feel like you're going to fall asleep, don't do it. Go sit at the table with a light on um, at nighttime. Or if you're at nighttime and doing your Bible study or in the morning, turn on your light and go sit at the table and read sit, sitting up. Uh, um, put on some dress clothes because I guarantee you won't fall asleep in those. But if you have jogging pants and a T-shirt, you know, I it doesn't, you know, the Bible says if you're going to commit sin to cut your hand off. So if something's keeping you from reading the Bible, sometimes you have to go to the extreme. If you have to stand outside, stand up and read your Bible. Um, um, uh, go stand in a pool in your neighborhood pool and read your Bible. I don't care. Well, whatever <laughs> it takes. Um, go go take a shower and put it on audio if you have to, so you can hear the scripture. Whatever it takes to get in there. But yeah, I think as you're right, um, I won't labor this anymore. It comes out of love for the yeah. Father, and um, I know that whenever I am not as committed in my relationship, my study of God's Word begins to decline yes right. and then, same and here then, yep and then the holy spirit's like hey me, what the reason why i told you that is this is because we're normal people but the reason why i told you that is this as you develop your relationship with the lord the desire to read your word will increase naturally naturally now, it's not something you can force any more than you can force your wife to love you it, 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 it's it's something that comes as a natural part of growing in your relationship so and um, and also don't and don't feel tempted to read for hours don't feel pressed that you have to read a long time you know what i'm saying like there's there's times where i can go a couple hours and sometimes it's just like i only read it for five ten minutes so yeah. it's all about the holy spirit and the holy spirit knows your day i think i but also the holy spirit knows uh, what will benefit your day so i think you're like jeff saying your fellowship with the holy spirit will dictate you know, how much you read, how often you read and what you read. Right. Um, and I think that I just want to add that too. Yep. I agree with that. A hundred percent. All right. Good question, Joshua. Appreciate you. Yep. Uh, Naya says, Oh, go ahead, Jeff. I'm, oh, Hey coach, Josh and Jeff. I struggle with knowing the difference between judging and wise discernment, man. Good question. I've been waiting for something like this. Mm-hmm. For instance, I know certain people like family and friends who I believe are heading down. Oh, a wrong path like sex and weed should i love them from a distance or correct them great question i think she wrote something uh, hey guys when it comes to people how do i know the difference between loving those who are oh that's another question i'm sorry no i think no i think i think she's reiterating but all in one inside of one oh okay 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 how do i know between loving those who are in my life while oh yeah she's she's continuing yeah for instance people in my life are partying and having sex i've Talk to them. Is that down there? But it, uh, sorry, uh, about it before, but not in a judging way, but in a way that shows I understand them. I think as she's asking, like, um, basically with friends and family who are living a sinful life, how does she approach them in a way that is going to win them to Christ, but also maybe I think she wants to also hold, you know, not come across as judgmental. Um, gotcha. I think is what did, she means. You know what I'm saying? Wanna, yeah, I know no, exactly what you're saying. Yeah. No, you, yeah. you go first and then. Uh, okay. Uh, let me see. I'm just going to. Unless, uh, unless, unless you want me to go. I can go first while you think about it if you want. 
Yeah, it don't matter, man. I'm just I'm just going, I'm just reading the second part. But I'll go ahead and take a stab at it real quick. Yeah, uh, yeah. So basically, Naya. Um, hey coach Josh and Jeff, I struggle with knowing the difference between judging and wise discernment. For instance, I know certain people like family and friends who I believe are heading down a wrong path like sex and weed. Should I love them from a distance or correct them? Hey guys, okay, okay. Basically, what I do is I correct no one that I'm not in. Um, who hasn't licensed me to be um, that person to them. Now, what I mean, but I don't mean you just can't be led by the spirit of God, but I tell you this, like, if I don't have a relationship with them, I don't correct them correct. because it's not going to be received well. It's not going to be received well. The only way that I will correct them is silently. Like, like your and people, that's what oftentimes family and friends begin to distance themselves from you because your life is convicting them. Let your correct. life convict them, not your words. Um, because sometimes... Anytime you correct someone that's outside of Holy Spirit's timing or that's outside of relationship, they're going to take it the wrong way. 99.9% of the time, they're going to take it the wrong way. So what I would advise is uh, um, learn from what they're doing. Good thing is when you see someone going on the wrong path, learn from observation. Um, secondly, um, based upon the Holy Spirit's guidance in your life, based upon whether or not he wants you there when they're in a ditch, wait by the ditch for them to help them out. Uh, but in the meantime, the best thing that you can do for them is pray for them from a distance, especially if you know that you're uh, I'm not saying this is where you are. But if you can feel that, OK, if I can no longer associate with them because I, I am fresh out of those lifestyles decisions as well. And I'm and I don't want to be around it because it may cause me to fall. Then you got to do what you got to do and make separation. Right. Uh, but don't correct them unless they say, you know what, can you hold me accountable? Um and that's just how I rock because I've learned in ministry that that people, especially this generation, don't know how to take criticism well. They don't know how to take, they think all critique is hate. And people, one thing I'm gonna tell you, people are gonna do what they wanna do, how long they wanna do it, even if they know it's wrong to do it. Yep. And so you coming along and trying to interfere with that's only gonna aid more frustration, right? Um, so they're heading down the wrong path. Let me just make sure I covered all of my bases with your question. Like sex and weed, people gonna do what they want to do. Should I love them from a distance? Yep, love them from a distance and be there if they need you. Um, but like I said, I think Jeff echoes as well. If you don't, if they haven't given you the clearance to be a person of accountability for them, then it's best not to say anything to them. Just live your life with the Holy Spirit uh, renewing it, renewing your mind, changing your ways, all the good stuff, and then hopefully you become that living epistle that they read and say, you know, I want to, I want to have the life you have because you have joy. This weed don't give me joy like I thought it would. This sex ain't giving me peace like I thought it would. It's not giving me what I thought, and you apparently have what I'm looking for. So let me see what you're about and what who you serve and etc. So that's what I have so far, Jeff. Yeah, I think that's powerful. Um, I just wrote down a couple points. Yeah. Number one, um having dealt with this personally with family and friends that, that walked mm -hmm. away when I got saved. Um, let me tell you, something. they see you more than, you know, and they talk That's about right. you more than, and they talk about you more than you know. they see it. They know that you are the the they know a di there's a difference in you. They may not want it, but secretly they respect that. Um, one yeah. thing is, again, you, you do not want to correct a sinner. It doesn't make sense to. There's nothing in the Bible that says anyone in the church is meant to correct a sinner. Uh, as That's a matter right. of fact, I think it warns against it. Um, there's scriptures in Proverbs where it says, to like when somebody's angry, it's like grabbing hold of a dog's ears when he's angry or whatever. So, um, Or don't rebuke a scorner. The Bible says, I believe in the New Testament, 
However, yeah. if now if they are a Christian, if they yeah. claim to be Christians and they are living uh, a life that is contrary to Christ, then you can address it. However, when I say you, that has to go in a biblical way. So, for instance, the pastor and the elders and the church will be responsible for that. And that's something if you all went to the same church, you could you could bring to them personally. And then you could bring to the pastor if you felt led to do that. But um, uh, but I wouldn't correct them if they were sinners, and that's what they are. If they're smoking weed and doing all that stuff, you know, I heard some dumb preacher, and I said dumb because no godly preacher would ever tell you you could smoke weed and, and still have the Holy Ghost. Or mm -hmm. This is foolishness. It's foolishness. And, and I'm not naming names, but that's exactly – there's a, a, a pastor in Atlanta that said just that. And, I, and I'm telling you what, that is from the pits of hell. The Bible says, do not be deceived. He that doeth righteousness is righteous. Do yeah. not be deceived. And so um, I would not correct a sinner. One thing I will tell you is love unconditionally. Be a yeah. servant. Be, Jesus was a servant to sinners. Over and over and over in Scripture, he was always there to help those who were struggling in their sin. Over and over again. Uh, you see, when the rich young ruler came to him, Jesus didn't rebuke him. He said, I'm very mm -hmm. proud of you. You've done all the right things. You lack one thing. And he told him, <laughs> he went away. You know, you yep. look, at the woman, look at the woman at the well. He told her, listen, you're right. You're not married. And the person you're living with now, you, you know, or you've been married five times, and the person you're living with now is not married. But he said, he said I am the living water. And if you if you if you knew who was asking you for a cup of water, you would ask me. So it's important that you know that your unconditional love that you're the answer to what they need, right? So, uh, number one, uh, I think Francis of Assisi said, um, and I'm paraphrasing, um, uh, preach the gospel and use words if necessary. Yeah. I think is what he used. In other words, you say yeah. and use your lifestyle. They see that. Um, um, Obviously, they know you don't approve of their lifestyle, and that's why they're uh, pulling back from you if they do. But I want to tell you something, and I'll end on this. When they have a problem, guess who they're going to come to? <laughs> yeah. Nine point, they may come secretly like Nicodemus in the middle of the night. But trust you me, when they have a problem and that they cannot find an answer for, they will come running to you. I guarantee you I've seen it happen quite a few times. And you know what? That's a time that you can really show them the love of God because that's what you have on the inside of your heart. So yeah, um, uh, you don't. I, I would not recommend rebuking uh, a sinner I, because a sinner is going to sin. That's what he is by nature. What I yeah. would encourage is that you preach the gospel to them. Preach the. In other words, and what I mean by that is this: I didn't say go to them and say stop smoking weed because that's a heart issue. They'll stop smoking weed if they get Christ. I, you know, you don't go to the prostitute and tell her to take, to change the way she dresses. No, you give her Christ and she'll change the way she dresses. She won't have a need for dressing like that anymore. So, um, I would preach the gospel to them that that's what I would do, but I would do it with my life first and foremost. And by yeah. my unconditional love, Jesus said, you'll know that you, you'll know them by their fruit in that they love one another. So that's, that's, right. that's what I would say. Yeah. I appreciate that, bro. That was good, man. Yeah. PTL says, hey, I like to start entrepreneurship, but I'm concerned of having success take me out of God's will. I don't want to settle in life and want to do big things and make connects. Any ideas 
basically where's the line or balance between vain success and serving god great question i don't know if you want to go first on this one jeff or oh you just finished the last one so i'll go ahead and i'll take this one and how we how do we usually do this anyway <laughs> however the holy spirit leads us you're good bro go ahead yeah um bro the advice that i would give you is is sometimes overthinking Mm-hmm. hinders us from actually just going with the flow of the Holy Spirit, right? Like for me, let me give an example. I'm not concerned about how much money I will make in entrepreneurship. I'm just concerned about growing in stewardship and staying submitted to God, right? That's all I care about. Developing the spiritual skill sets that will pre- that will enable me to sustain success, right? And in the meantime, I will audit my heart to ask myself, is there any idolatrous points in my life? Why do I want money? Why do I want to be successful? And fight through those uh, honest answers. Like I had to ask myself, do I want a, uh, 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 what if, what if I never get a million dollars? What if I never get a million subscribers? What if I never, what if I never? And I, and I, I felt those emotions. I let those natural emotions arise so that my, cause one thing, if you ask your heart honest questions, your heart will tell you the truth. It will tell you the truth, whether or not you are ready for success. That's a scripture in the word of God that says, um, don't give me, uh, don't make me poor that I still, nor make me too rich that I leave you. Right. Paraphrasing it. Basically is, are you willing, are you at a place when you're walking with God that you are completely okay with whatever he has in the cards for you? That's why the Bible says, lay it for yourselves, treasure. don't lay it for yourselves treasure on earth, but lay it up in heaven. Why? If, you're, if your goals entrepreneurially is for eternal success and the advancement of God's kingdom, your heart's in the right place. Right. If your heart is for generational wealth, the Bible says a wise man leaves an inheritance for his children's children, then your heart's in the right place. So what I would do is in the meantime, keep submitting your heart to God. Keep asking your heart honest questions and let the Holy Spirit mold your heart into a place where you see money differently, where you see a success differently. I'm a living witness. You're talking about a guy who wanted ministerial success. You're talking to a guy that wanted to make a lot of money. You're talking to a guy who who wanted the vain things of this world. And right now I could care. Listen, let me tell you something. Seven years ago, Jeff knows about the unplugged ministry I had. Seven years ago, I was on my way. I was climbing the mountains of Christian success, right? You couldn't have told me seven years ago that I'd be under my pastor right now serving 16 to 18 year olds working in a high school. You would have never, I never saw this coming. And I am content. Contentment is a miracle. (laughs) Right? So let me, go ahead, Jeff. Go ahead, bro. No, no, finish. Yeah, contentment is a miracle. So uh, you said, hey, I like to start entrepreneurship. That's nothing wrong with that. No. There's nothing wrong with that, right? But I'm concerned. Why is there concern? Listen, submit yourself, therefore, in the hand of God. and uh, Submit yourself, therefore, in the hand of God. And what's the rest, Jeff? And um, and he will exalt you. Something like that. New season, yeah. And do season, he'll yep. exalt you, right? Yep. So don't even be concerned about success. Just live a successful life now. Let the Holy Spirit mold your heart successfully to the place to where you desire God's will above everything. Jeff and I can attest right now. 
We desire God's will above everything because we know the ramifications of being outside of it. That's what I was going to say. I'm more afraid of being out of the way. It, it will cost I, me more. Man, I am petrified. It will cost you more to miss the will of God than it will to find it. Man. So what we're saying is, trust me, when your heart gets to a place like where our hearts is at, man, not a not a, not a dollar will make you leave his will. I don't want to settle in life and want to do big things and make connects. Any ideas? Let God make the connections, man. Don't brown nose for nobody. Listen, understand the reality of success. Sometimes it's going to take you 10 years to have one year of success. So you have to have the right mindset of success. That's just from a that's from a secular or, or a Christian point of view. You know, some things you got to work through for years. You know what I'm saying? You got it. Like I've been doing this for 13 years, fam. 13 years. And and the only thing that's keeping me going is I'm doing this for the kingdom of God. Because yep. most people wouldn't even last as long <laughs> because the success ain't where I thought it was 13 years ago. Anything you want to say, Jeff, before? Uh, I just want to read through his question again uh, just to make sure. Yeah, I'll just say uh, I thought what you said was great. Number one, there's nothing wrong with wanting to be an entrepreneur. Um, you should do all things for the glory of God. I think as he bounced out, he'll be back in. Um, you should do all things for the glory of God. Um, Ezzy, can you hear? Yeah, I'm here. Yeah, I just got, yeah, pushed the wrong button. Yeah. Oh, no, you're fine. Uh, so you should do all things for the glory of God. Um, I'll just say, I think, two things. One, anything that you love more than God is an idol. That's real. So anything that you love more than Jesus is an idol. So mm -hmm. just make sure that it's in its proper place, right? It's God first. Uh, number two, and um, I can't think of the name right now. He was a famous missionary to Africa. Oh, what was his name? Oh, C.T. Studd. He was a famous cricket player. Had mm -hmm. all the world's success. He was the number one cricket player in the world at the time. Anyway, he wrote a um, he wrote something. He said, uh, only one life will soon be passed. Only what's done for Christ will last. And mm -hmm. when I am dying, how happy I'll be. If the lamp of my life has been burned out for thee. Yeah. It does not matter if, if God calls you to 60 people. Listen, I know plumbers. I kid you not. I know a plumber who is more on fire for the Lord than the majority <laughs> of the pastors I see in the pulpit. I'm not kidding. Yeah. Uh, uh, so, so, so as long as whatever you're called to, God will open the door. You don't need to open up any door. I That's can tell right. you that if you try to open up a door, you are going to be in a world of hurt because let me tell you something. Let me tell you God's secret for promotion. You ready? Pay real close attention. Inadequacy. God's secret for promotion is inadequacy. In other words, he uses people who are inadequate to be able to do the things that he calls them to because he knows that you're trying to take the glory. But if you're not equipped, that's who God uses. Nine times out of 10, he uses the person who is inadequate, meaning they can't do it on their own. They have to fully rely on him or they'll never make it. Okay. That's real, man. And and vain by definition means pointless. It has no point. Exactly. And vanity means it has no eternal value. No. And so like I like I had to do, man, I had to ask myself honest questions. Will like, like I, I talked to my young people uh, this past Sunday night, Jeff, and I told them, I said, um, if Jesus was to come back tonight, 
I have to be okay with never being a dad. Yeah. If Jesus comes back tonight, I have to already be okay. Yep. And I think most people are not <laughs> going to be ready. Is Jesus enough? That's right. Is Je now, I will tell you this. Anybody who is truly on fire for the Lord will always tell you there's more. There's yeah. always more to Christ. That's right. There's not more to the worldly things, though, but there's more of Christ to be had as he trusts you. So, And so just keep serving God in the little things, man, and, and, and pursue success. But pursue success in being led to success by the Holy Spirit. Let God open those doors. Like right now, man, I don't just accept every speaking engagement. I just don't go anywhere because I'm on a different assignment. Like everybody else in the other world, in the world, will talk about don't go to sleep. Stay up all night. Grind, 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 grind. If the message is get it on your time. Get it off your energy. I don't I don't play. We don't have to play by those rules because favor surrounds us like a shield. Go ahead, Jeff. There's a scripture on that. Yeah. Um, hold on. Let me see if I can find Grasping it. for the but, wind. Yep. Uh, uh, hold on. Hold on. It is vain for you to rise up early. Yeah. This is Psalms 127 verse 2. It is vain mm -hmm. for you to rise up early, to sit up late, to eat the bread of sorrows, for so he gives his beloved sleep. Uh, meaning there, there's no, you know, it's, in other words, if you're worrying about, about becoming something and all that kind of stuff and, and you making it happen. It doesn't make sense. It's God will open the door. You have to let Jesus Christ open the door. We all have to be reminded of that because, again, it goes back to our message last week. It's humility. I'm not in control. He's in control. That's the difference. And I think that's the Christianity that you don't hear about. So I firmly believe in lordship salvation, which, yeah. is me, which means when you get saved, Jesus becomes Lord. Why? Because the Bible says that we are slaves to Christ. Either you're going to be a slave to the devil or a slave to Christ. There's no Everyone. in between. No in between. Um, there's no in between. So what a slave has no rights of his own. He's branded. He he doesn't. Slaves can't ask questions or or or, or, <laughs> yep. or or decide like today I'm gonna, you know I'm gonna do what I want. No, you the slave always has to do what the master says. So it's the same thing with Christianity. We we haven't we've given up our rights. Uh, we're, 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 it's not that God doesn't give us liberty, not that we don't have freedom, but there's freedom. Remember, everything in Christ there's more freedom. is the exact opposite. There, there's more freedom in Christ. Um, it's not to say that you can't do certain things, but I am saying that you are set apart by the Lord to be used of him at his will and at his disposal. And he, and he, know, and he knows what's best. I'd rather, I rather have an acre let me make it. Let's make. How can I make this plan? I rather have a fenced-in acre, a, a fenced-in acre of land with peace, joy, and love, than yeah. to have thousands of acres with no boundaries and be miserable. And a lot of people look at Christian like that. Well, why y'all don't got that much liberty? Hey, I got an acre. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Where I got peace. And, listen, there's more people how, inside how much of a liberty? small house. Go how ahead, much Jeff. liberty? How much liberty is in hell? Did none. So you want you want you want eighty five or a hundred years of of doing what you want to live in eternity, for what? It, it that that's what I'm saying. It's yeah. foolishness. It's the foolishness. Bible says that 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 the gospel is foolishness to them that are perishing, but to us who are living in Christ, to not accept the gospel is the most foolish, the dumbest thing, thing. anybody could ever do. Because think about it, you're looking at a beach. 
filled with sand. And you're picking up one speck of sand and saying that that is worth more. You're willing to compromise the entire beach for the one speck of sand. It doesn't make any sense. It doesn't make it any doesn't sense. Make, it doesn't make any. It's like the, the parable that Jesus said. He said, he said I went out. I, I found treasure hidden in a field. I went mm -hmm. and sold everything I had. And bought that whole field. And bought the whole field. And everybody thought I was crazy because they're like, how could you get rid of all your inheritance? All your freedom, all the stuff that you that you saved up for, everything you've done. How could you do that? Because they didn't know what was in the field. That's the difference. That's the difference. So, so think about it. When you realize that you're the person that found the treasure in the field, is it so foolish? No. Now the person in the field is like, it's not me who's foolish. It's Listen, all of you. The one who laughs last is the one who laughs best. And what I tell you this. I'm sure I sure know I'm sure Noah felt real good about <laughs> everybody's gonna laugh at you, man. Following God. People laughing at me now. People got questions yeah. about what am I doing now? Like, hey Josh, why don't you go start your own church? God, Josh. People look, people, some people ask me, like, why haven't you started a church yet? Why are you submitted God to you? Tell us to. Simple as that. I don't care how talented, how skilled you think I am. I ain't budging. Bro, I literally know someone who kept being pressured by people to start a church. When you step outside of your calling, it is the danger zone. So, um, so yeah, so just to, just to sum up, guys, yeah, there's nothing wrong with pursuing uh, that. But remember, you're pursuing God's will. As long as you're doing that, bring glory to God, that's what matters. So that's I think we can move on. To yeah, the yeah, for sure. And hey, LaShondra, how you doing? Thank you. Thank you. Good, thank you for joining us. Hey. Jody Real says, I want to pursue a certain career, but that certain career is rough on family life. Should I skip my dream career? I don't want to miss out on spending time with my future wife and babies. Um, I'll answer this just really quickly. Um, you are called to uh, your God first mm -hmm. and then to your family and your church. If, and, and, and your calling is last in that. Yeah. Um, I'm not going to say yes or no, because that's the Holy Spirit. You have to pray mm -hmm. about that. Yep. However, it doesn't mean the Holy Spirit can't make a way that's for right. you to be able to do that um, where it does not violate your responsibilities as a father and a husband. So um, if you want to pursue something, I would ask the Holy Spirit, Lord, help me to still be a good father and a good husband, mm -hmm. well, a good husband and a good father in that order. Um, and, and a good Christian first. Um, otherwise, yeah, you may have to take a hiatus for a little bit. But no, I, I can't answer yeah. that because you have to pray to the Holy Spirit. But I will tell you this. If God calls you to it, he'll provide for it. Because exactly. the, the thing is, like, there are missionaries that go all over the world, and it's rough on the family. But guess what? God still called them to do it. So that's why, yep. that's why I say, say that you need to um, pray um, because there's grace there. But if you feel like that's going to take your kids away from Christ, for instance, there are certain uh, uh, careers that you should not go into, right? Like there are certain yeah. careers that you shouldn't go into because they're not going to, they're not going to um, glorify God. Like, and I'm not going to go into that, but I'm sure you can kind of figure out what I'm talking about. Um, there are other careers where you can, you just have to be careful. Like, I know people even like who want to go into Hollywood and they want to bring God into there. They went in there and they compromised. They got they got roles that that blaspheme God and that and that uh, support sinful lifestyles. 
And um, they, 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 but they're like, well, you know, it's just entertainment. Well, uh, it, they're not going to say that in hell because uh, a sinful lifestyle um, yeah. is, is, is the only thing they play on TV in hell. So um, it doesn't matter if you say it's just entertainment. Entertainment is the devil's uh, replacement for joy is what Leonard Ravenhill used to say. So, yeah, um, yeah, I would just say pray. Ezzy, uh, why don't you? you yeah, man. Me? Yeah, Jeff said that perfectly, man, because who, who are we, right? Because um, a lot of things may be rough, but God's grace is sufficient, right? Yeah. Um, and and God, God is not going to sit there and say, well, hey, just because you have a family, you can't pursue what I've called you to. It's just making sure that you're led through that calling. And there's a lot of careers that got subsectors to it that makes it a little bit lighter on the family. Um, and you have to audit your heart as far as with selfish ambition. I think your heart is right for you to for you to even ask this question shows your heart is in the right in the right place, right? Yeah. And you just you just have to like like I said, the first person you have a conversation with is the Holy Spirit. The yeah. second person you gotta have a conversation with is yourself. The third person you gotta have a conversation with is your wife. Yeah. And, and, like, and I, I think sorry to interrupt. I think oh yeah, so I, I like I I don't know why Jody. I just want you to pray because I feel in my heart that God can make a way for you. Yeah. Um. Yeah. To where it does not, mm -hmm. um, put down your family but elevates them. So I just want yeah. you to pray because he'll give wisdom. Um, in the, I'm speaking to you personally. I'm not speaking to anybody else in general. I'm talking to you personally. Just pray and see if the Holy Spirit would make a way. And I think as he bears witness to what I'm saying. Yes, uh, yes. That, that, that Just pray and the Holy Spirit will make a way. I'll just say that's, that. That's the best advice we can give you, my friend. Yeah. Well, I'm just glad your heart is considering your wife and kids because a lot of men don't even consider them. That blesses my heart more than anything. And you've been that sure does. before, and I, you always ask great questions. So he does. He does. So I think, yeah, Lashandra. So she says, I am looking for a church home in my city. What city are you in? Maybe we can help you. Um, but mm -hmm. I cannot find a good one that I can grow in. Welcome to the club. Uh, that's not my thing. <laughs> yeah, Frankly, me neither. I, I go to one of the only churches probably in the entire state of Georgia that's on fire for the Lord. There's probably, our pastor always says there's about five of us left. I think I don't know if he means churches or denominations. I think it's churches. I don't know, but, um, <laughs> but anyway, yep. you said um, I have learned more watching sermons on YouTube from other churches that I cannot find a good one in my city. Well, remember the Bible says um, uh, not to forsake the assembling of yourselves together as the manner of some is negatively uh, speaking as the manner mm -hmm. of some is. Um, remember, you're not always there to you are there to grow. Um, but you're also there to serve and to um, bring others to Christ. Uh, I honestly, I cannot answer this question because it's like asking me to tell you how to do your Bible study. Yeah. You have to pray and ask God to lead you. I do know there's a famine in the land. The majority of churches, I Listen, I and I may come across as extreme, but I don't care because it's very dark out there. It's dark. The majority of churches, um, they're not preaching the gospel. They're preaching feelings and self-help. Um, uh, they may do miracles, but so did the people that Jesus told to depart from him. Um, they are against the laws of God. They do not preach holiness. Um, if John Wesley or Charles Finney uh, or any of the old saints came into their churches, they would think that it was a nightclub and not a church. Um, um, 
you know, so I understand your issue with not being able to find a church, but you just have to pray that God, because there are, there are people who have not forsaken the Lord. There are pastors who still have a prayer life. There yeah. are pastors who, are, who still cry over their people and ask God to please come down and to change them and change their appetites for who he is. Um, but you just have to pray. If you know what, maybe you can tell me what city you're in. Let me see. Did she answer down there? Tell us I about think, the end of the thing. Tell me what city you're in. I'd be interested. I, I've co I coached her. I believe it's Orlando. I think it's Florida. I know somewhere in Florida. I believe it's Florida. She'll uh, she'll let us know. She'll let us know. Yeah, let us know. Um, yeah. Uh, so yeah. Okay. No, no. Go to the next one. Maybe she can let us know. Um, oh, this is a good one. This is a good one. All right. Says how, how? Go ahead. Go ahead, bro. Go, go ahead. ahead. All right. Says how do you avoid gossip? Mm -hmm. <laughs> I find there are a lot of people at my job who enjoy gossiping and I feel so uncomfortable, good, because you should, and don't want, don't know what to say. Let me tell you something. Uh, people in the workplace are notorious. Notorious. For gossiping. And so are church mothers. So uh, <laughs> Now church people. Everybody. Uh, and church people. I'm kidding y'all. Uh, actually, I'm not because I know what I'm saying is right. I've been yeah. around, I've been around enough to know better. Um, not all churches do that. Uh, some do, and unfortunately, you get goats, and you're 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 judging sheep based off of goats in the church, and you don't want to do that. Um, as far as gossip, you you can kind of take two approaches: one, walk away, or number two, mm -hmm. say, you know, um, uh, if they're talking about somebody, say, you know what, uh, let's go get that person and ask them. Maybe they have a different perspective. Oh, because I'm quick. telling you what, when you do when you do that, they will immediately become comfortable. Because why are they gossiping? You you never pray for those. Uh, Ravenhill used to say, "You never pray for those that you're gossiping about, and you never gossip about those who for whom you're praying." Um, yeah. So obviously, their intent is not to help the person. So when you change the the perspective that it is to help the person and want to invite them in, all of a sudden. They uh, do that, but yeah, I just wouldn't associate with it. I would, I would like, I would just walk away um, in that regard because, yeah, gossiping. As a matter of fact, I'll have to find the scripture, but I think gossiping is one of the main issues in a church. Where if you're doing that, you should be kicked out of any position that you're in. Um, I think there's actually scripture on that um, because certain sins can be dealt with, but when you're gossiping and lying about people. Mm -mm. That can't like if you're in the choir and you're doing that, that can't be tolerated. So um, yeah, yeah, that because that destroys churches. Uh, it destroys work environments. It destroys families when you gossip about people. Uh, it should not be tolerated at all. If you have something yeah. to say, you should call them up. Um, otherwise, yeah, stay away. Yeah, that's the that typically when that happens around me, I walk away. I walk away because I'm not I'm not about to have my good spoken evil of. I don't want to hear anything I don't want to hear. I don't want to I don't want to know anything that I don't want to know, right? And I just got the definition of gossip so that anyone who may be struggling watching can understand what it means, right? Gossip by definition is the casual or unconstrained conversation or reports about other people, typically huh. involving details that are not confirmed as being true. Yep. 
or my favorite, Ezzy, what's my favorite one? What do they say? Oh, tell me what you're going through so I can pray. Or I'm going to tell you what they're going through so you can pray. No, that's not in the Bible. No, because people just want information. Yep. People who gossip are insecure individuals. They want information that makes them feel like they are better, right? And I also tell people in regards towards, um, man, what was I about to say? Uh, uh, man, I forgot what I was going to say. But either way, uh, I just walk away, man. And sometimes when people if people ask, hey, why you don't eat lunch with us? Just say, hey, I just like either I like to eat by myself or that's just not the conversation that I like to be a part of. And that's is what it is. And yep. because you don't you don't want because at the end of the day, um, like Jeff said, <laughs> that's the that, that's probably the best tactic. It's say, hey, let's go ask that person because we want to make sure we talk truthfully about each other. Yep. And if they're doing so, that about if they're willing to gossip about oh, somebody yeah. in front of you, you guarantee that they're willing to gossip about, Flee about you from them. somebody else. It, that's the number wow. one thing. If they gossip to me, I no longer trust you. I don't trust you. Wow. Period. You just mark wow. yourself as someone that that I that's evil. I'm just joking. But what wow. I say is this: that's why it's good to just keep your business to yourself because everyone has that one person they always go to and say, Hey, but don't tell nobody. Everybody got so so next thing you know, 20 people know what you're talking about because everybody's gonna go to somebody and be like, hey, guess what I heard, but don't tell nobody. Then that person go, I do hear what I heard, but don't tell nobody. Everybody has that one person who doesn't have who are not vaults, who do not uh, uh considerate of your feelings, they're gonna do that. Well, I'll tell and I'll tell you this too. Um, if you're walking with the Holy Spirit, nine times out of ten, he'll tell you what they're going through, so you can pray, so you don't have to gossip. The Lord yeah. can the Lord trust you? That's the difference. <clears throat> Yeah. Trust you to be able to tell to be able to pray for that person. But yeah, in the workplace, no, I walk away from those people. They, uh, uh, there, there's a few things that I will tell you to avoid: drama, uh, uh, backbiting, gossip, and envy. Envious, bitter people. Run for your life. Yeah. Don't ever be in cahoots with a bitter person, a dramatic person. Um, a lying and a gossiping person. Nope. I, I don't care if they're family members. I don't care if they're friends. I walk away. I immediately walk away if they don't if they won't repent of, of those things. I want nothing to do with it. So that's real. Yep. Our brother, our brother uh record. I hope I said your name right. Jeff is really good at names. So I'll let you uh read that question. That, that one's keep keeping me. Uh recur, I think. I don't know. Uh why do I fall? Far away from God when I knowingly sin. I don't know if I understand the question. You, Why do I fall far away from God? When, so I guess uh, I'm sinning, but I but I don't I don't attempt to go to Him. That's what I'm gaining from it. Why do I fall far away from God when I'm? Let's see if well, he's because coming. sin separates you from God. I, I don't know. I don't. Sin separates you from God, so that's why you. Um, Yes. Yeah, so, yeah. So what? What I think uh, you're saying? I'm, I'm a, the yeah. If yeah. you're still watching, my brother, write your question again. I'm gonna take a stab at what I think that I'm getting from your question, um, and I'll let Jeff look for your uh, if you if he responds again. He posted at seven nineteen yeah. and it's seven fifty nine. So some people kind of just they they have to dip out. Uh, well, it's like Jeff says, sin separates. Uh, it separates in fellowship. Like if I know it, if I am knowingly sinning against my wife, it's not going to want to make me draw closer to her because of guilt, because of shame, 
right? Not because of condemnation, like Jesus didn't come into the world to condemn the world. We're not talking about he's going to condemn us and be like, oh, you're going, but this is more about fellowship. And that's what bothers me about uh, uh, people's grace message or messages along the lines of those, those manners that God's all loving, God free, all that kind of stuff. They're, they're thinking, they thinking it from an eternal stance, not from an engagement stance. Like, 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 Anyone who's married can understand why we have to repent. <laughs> Anyone who's been married can honestly say why they have to confess their sin. Anybody right. knows the effects of sin and how it wedges or causes a wedge between uh, uh, each party. The same as with God. Like, like if, if me and Jeff was in business, let's say if me and Jeff had a church, right? And I'm in sin. It's going to affect the church. <laughs> If Jeff and I are both pastors of a church and I'm in sin, it's going to hinder our fellowship and moving the church forward and shepherding it. Right. I mean, right. Because we're in partnership. Yep. So if I'm in partnership with God, my sin is going to affect us like God can't endorse it. The devil loves when we get into habitual sin because we're not saying that sin slows God. We're not saying it, but what it does, it, 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 it halts the, the ultimate impact that could have occurred. If you was living a more righteous life, right? right? That's why we want to live righteous because we keep the river going. We keep the flow going. We're, nobody wants to play basketball with a person that when the ball goes to them, they hold it and stop and they dribble for 23 seconds. Right. They want the they want to play with someone when the ball moves. There's fluidity. There's 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 cohesiveness. There's unity. And sin causes disunity. Yep. And so the reason why. Um, you, we, the enemy wants you to keep going further and further away is because you won't run to his arms and know what forgiveness feels like. And f there's something about when uh, the humble heart feels the warmth of God's love. Yeah. It will make you go sin no more. Look at yeah. the woman that got caught in active adultery. Mm -hmm. You see what I'm saying? Look at all these people. What did Jesus say? He didn't say, go to hell, you sinner. Yeah. <laughs> He says, where are your accusers? Neither do I accuse you. <laughs> Get up and go sin no more. The devil rathers for you to have the idea of this image of God that you can't go back to versus you actually feeling the effects of a loving heavenly father that makes you or compels you not to want to sin anymore. Right. I hope that yeah. helped, man. That's that's my 2068 cent. We're going to Waffle House. All right. Yeah. Uh, so that's that's why you got to let me get practical with you, man. You got to ask yourself, when when did this series of sinful habits occur? Typically, they occur due to idolatry, due to ignorance, due to insecurities, due to in in inadequacies, due to fear, well, all these different things. Right. And ask yourself, are, are, are you? Yeah, just just find the root cause to it. Repent of it. Go to God. And, and, and bro, just message me, man. I, I want to make sure I know you. I don't want to keep throwing stuff out there and I don't really know. And I don't really know what it is that you want. So if you're watching this on a replay, if you watch this again, please message us brother. So we can yeah. really help you if we can. Yeah. Tamara Porter says, good evening, fellas. How do you deal with a family member that you live with that has tarot cards? Hmm. 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 That's so. <laughs> yeah. Um, number one, uh, light mm -hmm. is greater than darkness. That's that's it. Yep. They, they they should be on here asking how do I deal with a family member that has Christ in their heart? 
That's real. Every time I go to read those cards, I start shaking. And I feel miserable on the inside. Mm-hmm. What do I mean by that? Take authority over it. Uh, I cast a demon out of a house one time. I'm not going to go into details, but um, let me tell you something. When we did it, the family member that was there knew it happened. And I'm not going to go into details right now, but they know that it happened and they saw it happen. Um, We take authority over those things. So I would say take authority. You don't need to say anything to them. Light Mm -hmm. doesn't have to say anything to darkness. It just has to turn off and it goes away. Um, But you know what you can do is uh, you can speak to the darkness that's on the inside of their heart. And live the gospel in front of them. Now, if you are a, uh, if that family member is under your um, authority, what do I mean by that? Uh, they are a son or a daughter. That's different. Yeah. Take that stuff out and burn it immediately. It. Um, but if it's something that you can't help for whatever reason, I don't know what you mean by family member. I mean, if it's a brother or sister, go to your parents. But at the end of the day, um, take authority over it. In, uh, and if it's spouse, remember, the power of God is greater, greater than witchcraft. It's greater. Witches, the reason they're allowed to operate is because they never see the de- they never see what Paul said. Paul said, I didn't come to you with enticing words of men's wisdom, mm. but in the demonstration and power of the Holy Spirit. Why is that important? Because I'm not going to talk a demon out of somebody. I'm going to expel a demon out of somebody. There's a difference. There's a difference. For the kingdom of God is not in word, but in power. 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 So as long as you're living a spirit-filled, fasted life, the light on the inside of you is greater. That's all I'm going to say on that. I think that. Yeah, and I think that's that's the basic of it because um, the enemy is is extremely productive where either the believer lacks understanding of who they are or the believer that's afraid to be who they were who they are in Christ right mm-hmm. and that's why I'm telling you man like that's what Jeff said is very profound um that person should be trembling because because of you being completely aware of who you are but like what Jeff said that's very true if it's like a son or a daughter you got to throw that you got to burn that stuff man yeah and the rest, you just have to uh, protect your protect where you sleep. Keep joy. I mean, play some worship music. Just enjoy God through your life. And yeah. I'm telling you, it's going to make them very uncomfortable. And, and I'll tell you what. Uh, when you've got peace in your room and they've got hell in theirs. Yeah. I can't tell you the number of people, as you may even remember this, but like it may have happened to you at ORU. Mm-hmm. I can't tell you the number of people that used to come into my dorm room at ORU, into my apartment when I got married, into my house. Peace. When we moved into a house. Exactly. You know what they said? I don't know why. I can't even sleep at my own house. But whenever I'm in your house, for sleep some reason, couch. I can sleep. I they can don't sleep, look. sleep, sleep. I have peace. What is on the inside of your house? I don't understand. And because I tell them, uh, peace is a person. Jesus is here. That's Prince why you peace. feel his presence. Yep. So uh, when you invite the Prince of Peace into your house, darkness cannot stand. And I mean that. Whenever you whenever you go in, darkness has to flee. It's my sister. Okay, gotcha. So yeah, maybe you can talk to your parents about it. Um, but we, uh, Lord, we just lift up uh, Tamara to you, Father. We, we thank you, Lord God, in Jesus' mighty name. I command every demonic spirit that is at work in her sister right now in the mighty name of Jesus. 
We rebuke it now in the name of Jesus. In the Christ, name Lord. of Jesus. And I thank you, Lord God, that light on the inside of uh, Tamara in the mighty name of Jesus will shine greater and expel darkness, Father. Thank you, Lord God, that there will be a noticeable difference in that mm -hmm. house in Jesus' mighty name. Thank you, Lord God, that every demon, we cut their tongue out now. They won't be able to speak anything in Jesus' mighty name. Thank you, Lord God, that your angels will go in and protect and surround Tamara in the mighty name of Jesus. You know, uh, I want to tell you a story really, really, really fast. Um, mm -hmm. When my wife and I, we weren't married in college, um, and uh, as you may remember this, I don't know if I shared it with you, but uh, one night, I think it was Kenny and I uh, were in my room. It was about 2 a.m., and uh, the Lord woke us up to begin to rebuke demonic activity. And I, the Lord gave me a vision mm -hmm. um, and, and to pray for Joanne. Uh, and, and of course, we were in separate dorms, you know, uh, a Christian university. And we weren't married. So, you know, they, they separated them. She was all the way across the way. And um, I saw a demon go into her room. And then I started to pray and I saw an angel. I'm not going to tell you what he looked like because you'll laugh. But I saw an angel with a jagged sword. He was a skinny angel. He wasn't very big. And he ran through and, and, and chased after the demon through the walls in her room. I told her about it the next day, and she freaked out because I don't know if you remember Paris that used to yeah, go to Oprah. Yeah, I know Paris, yeah. yeah. She happened to be in the room that night, and God woke them up at 2 a.m. to start rebuking wow. demonic activity. And yeah. I said, see, God knows, even on the other side of the thing, who to wake up and who to show exactly what's going on. So uh, just rest assured that, that God is working for you uh, and that angels are encamped around about you. So I won't take and any more time. But, and don't be surprised if those cars get thrown away. In Jesus' name. Demons, demons cannot thrive or last long where God's presence is known. Pray for restlessness in your sister every time she picks up that card. Yeah. And trust me, she'll get it. She'll get rid of it. <laughs> we, we've seen it. We've been oh. in it. See, this is the kind of ministry Jeff and I are very, very familiar with. Yep. Demonology is not something that we are foreign to. Nope. So when we talk about things like this, we're not trying to, this ain't, this ain't no, like, oh, they just trying to look like they none. We know this stuff. We've no. been doing this for 13, 14, 15, 16 years. I, I have taken people into private rooms at my place of business and cast demons out of them. Yeah. Uh, so uh, uh, we, we, I say that to let you know that it's not anything in us, but it's no, Christ. it's Christ. And the light that is on the inside of you will expel all the darkness. So, yep. Yeah. Amen. Um, who we got? Oh, Corey. I, I think you're my favorite person because you're from Pennsylvania and that's where I'm from. So, uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, so, uh, uh, you want me to read it? Oh, yeah. My bad, Jeff. That's your, okay. your favorite person. <laughs> yeah. I'm just joking. I'm just kidding. Um, regarding speaking in tongues. How do I know when it's the Holy Spirit or if it's just me or maybe even a demon? Yeah. Uh, yeah, because some of those people speaking in tongues are under the... Are witches. Yeah. yeah. Under, yeah. Uh, and they're in your church. Uh, it pops up in mm -hmm. my mind. They then want to speak it, but I don't know where it came from. Okay. So uh, a few things. Just really, really, really fast. And I can get you scriptural references later on, but for the sake of time, I'm just going to go very quickly. Why do we speak in tongues? Because it's, it's, it's a result of the baptism in the Holy Spirit. Mm -hmm. However, in addition mm -hmm. to speaking in tongues, 
We also see on several occasions in Acts that the second thing that happens is a, a, a boldness comes on the individual that's being baptized. So I'm specifically referencing Peter. The Bible says the Holy Ghost came on him and he was able to speak the gospel with boldness, uh, I believe, to the government, even though he was under persecution of death and, and imprisonment and things like that. Um, uh, whenever you speak in tongues, do you feel the peace of God? Because if you don't, then it's not him. It's not him. Yeah. Um, do you feel an unction of the Holy Spirit? Do you feel the presence of the Lord? Do you, do you, since you have been baptized with the Holy Ghost, have you been able to preach the gospels, to speak the gospel without fear? Um, because there's a lot of people and they say that 98% of Christians in America don't are afraid to witness. The reason for that is that 98% don't have the Holy Ghost and the majority of them aren't saved. So, um, because I'm telling you what, you can't tell me that if you knew somebody was going to a hell, like they describe in the Bible, that you would be fearful for even one second to tell them about Jesus Christ. The Bible says that perfect love casts out fear. So my perfect love for that person should not, should, should, should propel me to preach the gospel regardless of fear. Um, but so I would say, do you experience the love of God when you do that? Do you feel an unction? When you pray in tongues, do, do, does that power of the Holy Spirit change what, what's been on your heart and mind? Do you see the fruit of it? Um, yeah. So I, 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 I would probably have to talk to you in person to be able to go into more detail um, yeah. and pray over you. I think it's hard for me to tell, but I'm just giving you kind of patterns of people who have had the holy the baptism of the holy spirit they speak the word with boldness they speak in tongues but there's the peace of god there's an overwhelming love that comes. oh out there of we it. go yeah it's yeah. an overwhelming love that yeah. comes out of it if you're not feeling that if you're not experiencing that then i would go and talk to your pastor because i feel like if that's something you need to do one-on-one -on -one. yeah because honestly every time i pray in tongues man there's there's that overwhelming there's multiple things, overwhelming love, overwhelming yeah. boldness, overwhelming confidence. Yeah. And anytime that I feel myself weak, that's when I feel the Holy Spirit compelling me. You said, the Bible says, build yourself up in your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Ghost. And so, and so when you feel, if you don't feel nothing, then it's just you. I'm not going to say you have a demon speaking to him, you? but what I'm saying yeah. is just, yeah, we're not going to say that. But what I mean, we're saying is, is that. <laughs> It's a weapon. It's a tool. It's I, I pray in tongues all the time yeah, to, to, to build myself up. And you, you'll be surprised. I do it every time before I do a video. I do it. I do it a lot of times. And I am like another person. Yeah. I'm more confident. I'm more, I'm more, I'm sharp. So yeah. if you, like Jeff said, if you don't feel that overwhelming, then, then, but like he said, that's something that a little bit uh, nuanced. So we're gonna need a little bit more info yeah. about that, and and that's why it's important. And that's what sucks, though, because a lot of people look to us as their, you know, uh, man. Yeah, I mean, contact contact us, and, and we'll see what God wants us to do to help you. If you don't have a strong pastor, yeah, if you got a strong pastor, you got to go to him because he knows you better than us. Exactly, because it's hard for us to. Uh, yeah, exactly. Right? Nuanced is the right word. So yeah, just reach out to us. Um, we'll respond to you because you're from Pennsylvania. So, uh, <laughs> yeah. So we'll go from there. Uh, I wonder what part of Pennsylvania you're from. You should tell us sometime. Um, okay.
Go ahead, Ezra. You read this one. Okay, cool. Let me. Okay. I recently ended a relationship with a guy due to his thoughts on resentment. He stated in the future he might resent me. Can you explain the effects of resentment? First off, um, go out the way you were sent. <laughs> go out the way you were sent. Because if a if a person is already telling you that he might resent you, he wasn't sent to you. Yeah, that doesn't. Yeah, you made the right decision. Good job. You made the right decision because, uh, listen, that's that. See, let me tell you something about uh, uh, relationships that are ordained by God. Yeah. Uh, my wife and I, Jeff and his wife, we complement each other in our marriages. Compliment. Don't we don't complete each other. That's why I don't believe in saying that's my better half. No, that's my equal whole. That's not my better half. That's my equal whole. I, well, better half, that means we both in trouble. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I get half of you, you get half of me. No, we don't complete each other. Jesus is the only weird. one. That... Go ahead, Jeff. No, I think it's weird that he said he might resent you. I, that seems like bitterness. That sounds like bitterness and it sounds like manipulation. Exactly. And I, 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 yeah, I, so I would stay away from that. And I think you did the right thing. Sorry, uh, so we don't, we don't we don't even got to explain the effects of resentment in marriage because I think you're asking that question because there's a, a hope. There's like this, uh, well, maybe he's the one. I just did a video on the other day about red flags yesterday. And I talked about the savior's complex. Like, like if he's saying stuff like that, these are made, these are the little red flags like this. That's a big one. Yeah. And if he, if he admitted it to you openly, mm. No. Then, then what is he going to do with that resentment? Resentment means he won't communicate with you. He's going to feel like that you he's above you, that you beneath him. Yeah. And so what I would do is get rid of that false hope of, well, I thought he was the one. No, it, sometimes you got to suffer, count your losses and say, mm -hmm. hey, I made a mistake. I got involved with someone I shouldn't have got involved with. Learn from this. I'm telling you, this is not a guy that you want to be with. And I'm not even, even going to try to give you the hope of right now. Because sometimes when you say right now, that gives you a little hope of maybe later. Just go on about your business. Follow God. Count your losses. Learn from them. Earn from them and go forward. Because and, if and I... You, go, ahead, go ahead, Jeff. No, sorry. Go ahead. Sorry. Oh, you good, bro. I was just saying, um, you know, we don't know you in particular. But the fact that we're both willing to say stay away, it's because there's an overarching issue. Anytime yeah. somebody has bitterness and resentment, let me tell you something. Bitterness doesn't j just destroy the person. It destroys every single person that's attached to them. A bitter root will destroy everything, everything around them. And the Bible talks about that over and over in the New Testament. Bitterness will destroy everything it touches. Um, stay away. Stay away. Resentment by definition. If, he, if, he, if he's showing you your his red flag, <laughs> I mean, I, it doesn't even. I mean, it's not even hidden. It's right there in front of you. So I agree with. You. Stay away. Sorry, as it go ahead. No, you good. Resentment by definition is bitter indignation at having yeah. been treated unfairly. Remember what I said earlier. Stay away from bitter people. Stay away from bitter people because you want someone that has grace for you. It's hard yeah. to have grace for you, understanding for you, empathy for you when I resent you. And forgive, I don't know, go ahead, Jeff. Now, I was going to say, if you are overly mean or you're causing issues, um, you would need to address yourself as well. So don't think yeah. that we're just saying it's him, because I don't know why he's saying he would resent you. Obviously, yep. nobody resents anybody for nothing. Um, so just make sure that your heart's in the right place as well. 
Um, yeah, yeah, and make sure like that's real because we're gonna we have to deal with two both sides of the coin. Right. Uh, you know the relationship better than we do, and so you know if you've done something or may have something in your life that will have provoked that man to say that. Now, if you ain't did nothing, and this is coming from past hurts where he was quote unquote treated unfairly, then you got to get out the way. Yeah. But you know the relationship, and and even if you did a person wrong and you ended it. Well, the good thing is, well, I don't know. You ended the relationship, which means that it could have been so overwhelming from his side. But like we said, we don't know the, we don't know the full story. But at the end of the day, if you did cause anything, whatever, forgive yourself, move forward, and don't try to make this thing work because his heart needs to heal. And one thing a doctor doesn't do is do two surgeries at the same time in the same room. Oh, absolutely. Do, do, I've never seen a doctor have two bodies in a room doing two surgeries simultaneously. So you go heal in your room. He go hills in his room and go about your life with the thought of this may never happen. Because hope for the best, prepare for the worst. (laughs) Like, hey, if you love him, cool. If he's not, but you don't want to have a heart still hung on him, hoping that this works out because he has free will, you know, he may not ever heal. Right. And people got to realize people you praying for, there's people's going to go to hell because they're proud. They're never going to change. And I also don't know how old you are. So that would help some us tremendously. Come with, some things come with maturity. Yeah, so, yeah. Um, cool. I like this Uh-oh. question. Go ahead, uh, Jeff. I'll let you read. Christopher said, Evening. Good evening, Christopher. Uh, I know that a, God. This is a, 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 fine, a fine young man right here. That's, a, that's right. <laughs> that's uh, a gentleman right there. Just yeah. joking. <laughs> um, I know that God has a lot planned for me mm-hmm. to be a changer on the national level. But the weight of life can be so heavy sometimes. Hmm. Haven't spent time with God like I did in lockdown, just tired. Man, I, I will tell you one thing, and, and I hope you hear me as loud as you've ever heard me. God has called you to be a son. That's right. You will have no ministry in heaven. We're not preaching nope. the gospel. No. Um, the reason why I say that is this. is because you said, I haven't spent time with God like I did in lockdown. So in other words, what I'm seeing from that is that your environment had to change in order for you to draw closer. That shouldn't be the case. Um, you should be seeking God no matter what. So I'm glad that you're at least confessing that and you're, you're acknowledging yeah. that. But um, I wouldn't, like I said, uh, Joseph had a dream and God brought it to pass, but you never hear Joseph talk about, well, God gave me a dream. He didn't tell anybody in the, in the you don't see anywhere in scripture that he told people in the prison or in Potiphar's house that God has called yeah. me to be a leader of my brothers. He didn't talk about it. He didn't do anything. God still brought it to pass because he was faithful. So what, what, the reason why I want you to focus on being a son, not your calling, because we have a tendency to idolize our callings. That's right. Um, I, I can't tell you how many people that have, that have profit this and profit that and before their name on Facebook. Mm. They don't even know who's going to be president. So let me shut up. But anyway, <laughs> yep. but, what, but what I'm saying is, um, you know, uh, everybody will prophesy everything. Um, it, but I walk in the prophetic. You'll never hear me say that I'm a prophet. Yeah. Why, 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 why do I tell you that? Um, and I know what I'm called to. And Ezzy and I both um, know what we're called to um, mm-hmm. in, in our position, our office. I don't think he's ever said it online, no. and I've never said it online. 
And uh, I can speak for myself, and I'm pretty sure for him, you'll never hear us say it unless the Lord does. You'll never hear. There's only you two people that. There's only two people that know. Well, three. Yeah. Well, yeah. four. You, right. my pastor, my wife, and uh, right. I'm sure Kenny. I'm sure Kenny and uh, Adam probably heard about it. I know Kenny exactly. does. That, but yeah, that's, so that's it. But you, but you'll never hear about it. Why? Because I'm not defined by my calling. Mm -mm. I'm defined by my sonship. That's powerful. So, um, so the reason why that probably is not the way you wanted that to be answered, but mm -hmm. the, the reason why I came at it from that perspective is because I'm more concerned about your relationship than I am about your calling. Uh, God, the calling is a fruit of the relationship. So I'm never going to fix a fruit. The root is the root. relationship. Um, so you need to get back to Christ. If you have to fast and pray, if you have to go away, if you, if you've got to wrestle until he touches you. It's more important for you to have a relationship. God may call you on a national level, um, but I hope he calls you to your prayer closet first mm -hmm. because you'll never go national until you know him in the prayer closet. And I'll tell you what, God has been very careful about letting certain people loose lately because when they do get on a national level, they forsake him and go into a sinful lifestyle and they bring his name down and people look at that and fall as a result because they because God wasn't first in their prayer closet. Um, so yeah, Christopher, uh, thank you so much for your question. I would just encourage you to get back to the word, back to prayer, and back to spending time with God and with godly people because yeah. your relationship is more important than your calling. Your calling is not coming with you to heaven. Your relationship and what you've done on earth is. You, you see what I'm saying? What you've done on earth for Christ as a result of that relationship. So Yeah. And just to add to what Jeff said is that um, sometimes anticipating the moment of promotion from God can be an unnecessary wait. And what I mean by that is if you have these and I've I'm, I've lived this, this ain't something I'm telling you from I've lived this where you have this weight of calling on you and yep. your current life <laughs> issues on at the same time. And you have this ambition and appetite and anticipation for the liberation of you to have this global, local, national impact. And, and then when you really understand. We're going to get real for a moment. When you really understand what comes with promotion at a spiritual level, that these devils, these principalities, is a different game up there. So be thankful that, that you have me elevated because these next level demons, principal, like, do you do you understand that if we can barely handle the demon that's trying to fester our home, how are we going to handle a national principality, a local principality, a regional principality, a national principality, an international principality? And so that's why it's probably heavy is because there could be a pressing from your end to be elevated and you're tired of this way of life. But one thing Jeff and I can tell you, you cannot, you can, you, you're only going to go as far as the sharpening of your fundamentals. And what I mean by that is, is the basics, yep. the basics, prayer, mm -hmm. fasting, reading, and loving those who have been entrusted to you. 
If you can't take care of those three to four things, you ain't even ready for the local level demon. Exactly. Man, that's so powerful, Eddie. So that's why you got to say, hey, why am I tired? Mm -hmm. Why am I tired? Because one thing about us, we can't go days without our fundamentals. Because we, which you, you don't understand, not you. I'm talking people don't understand. I'm sorry, I don't want to come off because, no, but what no. I'm what I'm saying is, is that every time Jeff and I do videos, every time Jeff and I do ministry, you don't think like I tell people all the time <clears throat> when you're doing ministry, it's almost like you're sending a bomb and attacking some a demon's plot and scheme, mm. and you don't think there's no retaliation. And if you don't know how to do proactive warfare and covering your home and covering yourself, man. So what I'm saying is God probably does have a lot planned for you, man. But let me tell you something right now. You got a lot of modules to go through. <laughs> you got a lot of training to go through, my brother. And I'm going to tell you, if you knew what we knew, you wouldn't even envy it. You wouldn't even desire it. You wouldn't even be pressing for it. So I know that God has a lot planned for me to be a change on the national. That is great, my brother, but that's humbling. But the weight of life can be so heavy sometimes. Hey, man, that's what comes with the journey. Too much get much required. That's why, like Jeff said, we just got to get, get back to the word, man. Get back to being a son. Because if you can't handle that position well, you won't be able to handle no national position well. Because when you're a son and you know you got God back, you'd be like Elijah. Add more water to it. <laughs> <laughs> Drench it. Right. Is that all the water you got? Because <laughs> I'm right. sure that was a I'm sure that was done at a national level. <laughs> what? But the same one that did that got scared of Jezebel. So what I'm saying is you gotta stay in that word. Right. And we got we got some uh updates from uh MSM4. She yes, says, I believe I remember. I think I remember her asking a question about this. Okay. About 150k debt. Do you remember that? Yeah, I remember the debt, but I forget. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Because I, I told go ahead, you Jeff. About, yeah, because I think no, no. I was just saying. I mean, you can see the question, but I, I think I remember. Ah, yeah, yep, About yep, this. Yeah. If he can't budget and he's in debt, I said. Yeah. I think I, I think I even held up a thing that said, "Run for your life." Yeah. So, uh, God is gracious, my sister. So, uh, yeah. Because he's gonna he's gonna resent you if he loves golfing, skying, what's skying, skydiving, and shopping. What man loves? Well, golfing, I can understand. But if if a man loves all of that, he's gonna resent you because you want to hold him accountable as a woman. He should, man, he's not he's not, he not ready. He's he not ready for marriage, man. You should you shouldn't have to tell him those things. No, so. Bruh, I don't even I don't even <laughs> I don't even do anything enjoyable. I'm just joking. <laughs> I'm just joking. No, I do. I'm talking about. I barely have time to do what I love to do. Yeah, no, I. That, yeah, so that. Thank you for. And she's thirty. He is thirty-four. And you're thirty-three. Okay, so you guys are around a, a little bit younger than us. But yeah. she said, "Yeah, that um, was me." Yep. Okay. Good. That's what I thought. I thought I remembered. Yeah. So I, I remember holding up a sign and said, "Run for your life." Okay. Good. So there, I'm yeah. glad you're running. Um, <laughs> because yeah, there's no way. Now, if God moves on His heart and He changes and all that kind of stuff, but I'm telling you what. Live your life like, like let, me you, let me tell you something. Live your life as if God's not going to change. And what I mean by live your life as if live your life as if He's not an option. 
Yeah, that's real freedom because some people live still looking back hoping he changes and then you miss out on what god wants to change in your life you have to live your life as if he's never going to change so that you won't be constantly looking back checking up on him go ahead Jeff. oh she said skiing skiing yeah, wow like skiing. okay i love this guy I, I was in ski club in high school as you don't know that's what's up man, South man South, sure but, yeah. not. all i do is get buckets man <laughs> i wouldn't mind going skiing though yeah, it's a lot of fun. All right. So uh what was the next uh so what we'll do, we'll get to we'll probably get to the questions that are left. Oh man, that's more than I thought. Good gracious. Let me see. I think we can do um let's do Thomas's because Thomas is next, right? We do one as one, two, three. You don't have to know what someone is going through. Okay, that's that's not a question. So that's two. Three, four, five. I think eight, we can six. Yeah, I don't know if we have time for all of those. Let's do, let's do two more that you have up, and then we can do. Let me see. Let me let me let me just pick one at random. Um, uh, uh, hold on a second. Nah, don't do don't do link because linguist addict. <laughs> they gonna be mad at you if you pick one and you don't. Let me see. Hold on, where is that? Okay, yeah, then so, just do do linguist, uh, just do those two. Yeah, let's yeah, do. we'll do those two. Yeah, yeah, that doesn't mean you all can't ask this question next time. Yeah, we might do it um, again next week. You know what? Let's hold on a second. If we go through rapid, we could. Yeah, let's do rapid. How about we just one person answers? So you answer Thomas, I'll answer linguist, and then we'll go. We'll do like that. Go ahead. Okay, Thomas says God has battled my lifelong porn addiction. Nine months free. Congratulations. Amen. Amen. I still have a lot that God has to work on me. Your videos are video. Oh, oh, this is this is a uh, oh. Your videos are videos very helpful. People. Oh, well, well, God bless, man. Bless you. Yeah, that's awesome. And what I'm gonna tell you about pornography, bro. Don't celebrate how far you've come. Because you don't want to sit there and stand. Stand if when standing, take heed lest you fall. Mm -hmm. So just take it one, literally one hour at a time. Yep. And 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 stay in God, bro. Amen. Linguist addict, Jeff, that's on you, my brother. Sorry. How can I ask God to guide me when I'm lost? Uh, very simple. God, I'm lost. Can you guide me? I know that that sounds so simple, but I'm not kidding you. I'm telling you, uh, that works. If you, if you want me to make it even easier for you, uh, this is how quickly I'm going to answer this question. Help. Yep. God, that's, the you, Ooh, you that's a good God, prayer. Will you help. Help. I, I, I said that to you now. Not to diminish you asking that question, but I'm telling you, the Bible is clear that peace will guide you. God's peace yeah. will guide you. So um, just say, God, help me, and then just wait for him to do it. Okay. Simple as that. Uh, mind your blessing. You don't have to know what someone is going through to pray for them. People just like to be in their personal. That's, oh, she was talking about that's the gossip earlier. Yep, 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 yep. That's yep, true. Yep. Yes, 100%. I agree with you. So um, Neely Neely Neek says, my child's father has a bad habit of drinking. My child's father, okay, not husband. Okay, my child's father has a bad habit of drinking. Could we have a prayer for him? I believe he drinks because of anxiety. Yeah, we'll pray for him right now. In the name of Jesus, we thank you, Lord, for our sister. And we thank you, Lord, for the gentleman who's the father of her child. Yes, Lord. We thank you, Lord, that you will saturate his room right now with your peace. Lord, I thank you right now that he'll see at this very moment his need for a savior. 
I pray, Lord, that you grip his hands and grip his heart and change the way he sees his situation. We thank you, Lord, that you will give him a peace that surpasses all his understanding right now to the point to where he will ask Neely, I think it's her name, Nikki, uh, 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 to some effect that there's a change that has been made. Yeah. So we pray, Father God, that you reveal the root reason in his heart mm-hmm. that's causing his anxiety. And I think that you will compel him with the hope that only you can supply and anchor in him and establish him as that father he needs to be in his daughter or son's life. We yeah. thank you for that being manifested in Jesus' name. Amen. Also, Nikki, make sure you pray. Um, I don't know if it's something to do with his father. Hmm. Uh, just pray about that. And if you can comment, go ahead and do that now. If it's something to do with his father. Um, all right. Next one is, Oh, you gave me a hard one. Okay. Oh man. Well, maybe some questions we could just always get back to. What are your thoughts about predestination? Okay. Let let, let me just, I'm going to give you, I'm not going to, I cannot go through all of this because we literally do it for an entire, uh, three weeks at the end of the day. Here's the thing. I believe that God is not willing that any should perish. Any. Therefore, he sent his son to die for the entire world. That whoever believes in him should not perish. Whoever is whoever. Now, does God know who's going to be saved and who's not? Absolutely he does, because he knows the end from the beginning. He exists outside of time. However, I do not believe that his his decision to send Jesus was influenced by his knowledge. I believe he sent Jesus because he was influenced by his heart. Why do I think that? Because in John 3.16, it says, For God so loved the world that he gave. Why did he give? It's predicated on on, on for God so loved the world. He gave because he loved. So, um, do I believe that God chooses people? Yes, because he did the Israelites. He chose the Israelites. However, why did he choose the Israelites? He chose the Israelites so that they could be a light to shine the gospel to the Gentiles. So again, it goes back to he is not willing that any should perish. So I am not a Calvinist, although I do believe in aspects of the tulip. Um, um, uh, acronym that, that Calvin gave. I, I personally think that Calvin, well, anyway, I'm not going to discuss that, but um, yeah. um, meaning I do believe that man is totally depraved. I do. I do not believe that you can come to Christ unless he first draws you. I think yeah. it's impossible for you impossible. to come to Christ. However, I do believe fully in free will and your ability to choose to follow and submit to the Lord when he calls you. That's the difference between me and them. And I think it, me and as you're in agreement that yeah. I believe he calls every single person, but every single person either accepts or rejects. So I'll just say that as my quick answer. As you get the next question, go ahead. <laughs> yeah. Yar Yar says, just change your, it, just, oh, just change my prayer in the spirit. Oh, she's giving advice. Okay, good. Uh-huh. Appreciate you. Appreciate you. Okay. Uh, hey, family. Hey, sweet TV. Sweat TV. I'm sorry. So I'm fasting to grow in, in discipline mm-hmm. and heal from what and heal from what sins of the past have exposed me to. OK, and better hear how the Lord needs me to walk to improve my future. Any wisdom on recovery mode? Hmm. 
Hey, uh, so I fasting to grow in discipline. All right. So you fasting to grow in discipline. That's you're going the right direction. Okay. Uh, be careful with that though. Make sure you're fasting and being led by the Holy Spirit. Make sure that's a, that's the thing, the ultimate thing. And to heal from what sins of the past that has uh, that has exposed me to, and better hear from the Lord. Any wisdom or recovery? What are you recovering from? Do, uh, do you can you see it, Jeff? It, let me see if she's. I think, I think she, I think she's saying. Um, oh, she, sins that she was exposed she was in, to. Yeah, she was involved in. Uh, she was exposed to certain sins, or may have engaged in them. I don't know. Gotcha. She, I think she needs like any wisdom for like deliverance or like. Uh, like after she's come out of the situation, what did he mean? Gotcha. Uh, well, basically, some practical things, real quickly. Um, number one, um, you've already, we already know, you already know the sins. You have already identified the the lifestyles, the habits, etc., that got you involved, right? Secondly, um, the basics. Um, a disciple is a disciplined one, right? So, in discipline is intention, intentional. Um, no one can defeat the de no one can defeat the devil or their past desires with desires alone. You defeat those things with discipline and being devoted to God. Right. So what I would say is uh, define your why, define your ultimate objective. See, my ultimate objective is to make sure that I uh, uh, give God premium and optimum glory out of my life. Right. Um, to be the best husband I can be, to set myself up to be the best father I can be and to be the best brother, son, coach I could be. Right. So those things motivate me in moments where I don't feel like moving. Right. Thirdly, um, uh, uh, ask the Holy Spirit to develop the systems that you need to support you as you go forward, which means um, oh, the most important thing is to make no room for those things to be involved in your life to the best of your ability. Right. Mm -hmm. You sometimes got to go to the extreme. Like if 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 it's an addiction of any sort, you got to cut off any anything that may even lead you to stumble as you recover. Right. Those are some basic things, real quickly. Uh, right. uh, but and also uh, uh, ask the Holy Spirit to reveal uh, 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 ways to not make your hands idle. Idle right. I, idle time leads to an idle mind. Idle mind leads to idle hands. Idle hands leads to idle worship. Mm -hmm. So you, you, we want to make sure you don't go back into that stuff, right? So ask the Holy Spirit to make your hands productive. That's what he did for me. That's why I wrote seven, eight books. You see what I'm saying? I found, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't make my time too breathable. I didn't make my time to where I had time to even think of falling, right? So those are the best things. For time's sake, we'll keep going. Uh, thank you, Thomas, for your uh, super chat, man. Love your videos. Christopher, you keep it real. Peace and God bless you guys. Thank you. Thank you. We'll definitely put it to good use, man. Appreciate you. Uh, Thomas said, thank you for the question earlier. God bless you. The truth will set you free. Good, good. Uh, Joshua, thank you for the wisdom from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. God gets the glory. Oh, oh, oh. Thank you. I'm not sure if he has anything to do with his father. He don't speak much about his father. Well, that's a good sign. If you don't speak much about it, there might be something that's bothering him. But Jeff is in a prophetic. That's a gift that Jeff runs in, and I and and he's spot on. Thank you both for sharing your wisdom and for letting God use you. God bless you. God keeps the earth revolving and the animals and oceans tame. That's enough for me. I know that's right. So we're done. <laughs> so that's all the questions. And we're stopping. Nah, nah, don't add nothing else. Thanks, guys. To God be the glory. He gets the glory. After that, we're done. We're done. Uh-oh. Oh, Corey from Pennsylvania. That's right. How do I spread the gospel? I do have a fear of praying in front of others. I'm worried about what others think 
or what you is. knew she Corey know what she doing she yeah. said, I got a brother from PA. He going to hear me. <laughs> he going to hear me. I don't even know where Amity, Pennsylvania is. Now, now I'm interested. I'm going to go look it up for you. Hold on. Amity, uh, PA. Let's see where that's at. Um, that is out in the middle of nowhere. I'm just kidding. Hold on a second. Let me see where it's at. It probably is out. Everything in Pennsylvania is out in the middle of nowhere unless you're in. Let's see. I think she's in the middle. Oh, no. She's south of Pittsburgh. Good. All right, so I'm from north of Pittsburgh, so that's awesome. But you're way down there, kind of south of, uh, okay, yeah, near Waynesburg and then Washington. Oh, okay, yeah, so near Washington, exactly. Good, so you're not far. I, I always take Washington whenever I'm going through, so that's awesome. Um, how do you, so uh, she said it, it is out in the middle of nowhere. I know I could tell. Um, so you're good. Uh, listen. The more you spend time with the Father, the more you'll know what to say when you're sharing the gospel. Tell them the gospel, which is that they are in need of Jesus Christ because their life is lost without him. Because the Bible says that there's sin in our hearts and that until that sin is eradicated, we cannot be saved. And no man can do it themselves, but Jesus Christ has to be the one that does that and share with them the cross. Remember, Jesus said, if I be lifted up, I'll draw all men unto me. So... Um, we'll, 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 uh, for the sake of time, we're going to move on. Um, but we'll, we'll talk about that throughout our, our next few. Yeah. Times. We'll, we'll make sure Corey stick with us. I know you will. Yeah. And, um, you talking to two, uh, uh, preachers, we'll definitely cover that topic for yeah. you. Even teaching you all how to share your gospel, man, that might be a good topic. We don't, yeah. we'll, we'll put that in the, on yeah. the shelf and whenever the Holy Spirit pulls off the shelf, it'll yeah. be in video form. Yeah, and that'll be really good because I think that's ah, important. I was like that in college, afraid to pray. Yeah. We'll pray about this. We might do this video maybe next week or real soon for you all, yeah. Yeah. because it's going it's going to take some more time to labor, and um, we're family men. Yep, amen. We love y'all though. All right, so you want to do? Are we doing fries or are we over? It's up to you, Jeff. We can stop now, or we could do. We could do. Uh, you got your three already. I mean, I can come up with them in less than 20 seconds. <laughs> <laughs> I put my, I wrote my fries down earlier, man. But I, right, I, yeah, then you start now. I'll write down mine. My number three fry of yep. all time. Yep. And let me tell you this, man. I went to Texas Roadhouse mm -hmm. and got their uh, Texas cheese fries. Isn't that, now, isn't, isn't it, isn't it, just to reconfirm for you, that's why it's important who you're friends with. Because had me and Izzy not been friends, go ahead, Izzy. Man, I, I've learned that those fries are probably better if I eat there. Because when I got my fries, man, they wasn't hot, man. Man, see, and I even introduced you to my friends, so I misled you. Uh, maybe, no, 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 no. no. I saw. Although, I, I will <clears throat> tell you, the last time I went to Texas, Texas Roadhouse, they have slipped since the pandemic. I don't. I think see? there's like. I think there's a supply chain issue. Their steak didn't taste like it used to, and their bread was borderline stale. And I was like amazed because like they're always, I've I never think, gone think, there and not had the best of the best. But see, let me yeah. tell you something. Restaurants at large yeah. have changed in the last few years as yeah. far as their quality. That's why me and my wife go to selective places because their quality is consistent. And that's why I didn't blame you because the way it looked was good, yeah. but my fries wasn't fresh. No, the cheese the was melted. Yeah, and all that stuff. I think that pre- pandemic that we were fine and then uh for those of you that 
um, afterwards, I think like something's wrong with the supply chain or something, and they they um, they I don't know, I don't know what happened. So maybe they'll get better. I don't know. Yeah, my sister says they are trying to get you into plant based meat. That ain't gonna happen. That nah, ain't gonna happen. No, like my, like my like my older like my older son says, my wife said, Ethan, do you, he's twelve. Ethan, do you want steak? Because she made uh, fajitas, and uh, he said, Yeah, mom. Um, a meal is not a meal without meat. I said, God bless you. Look at flesh the and blood. Let me tell you something. Flesh, flesh and blood did not reveal that to him. Exactly. I said, Look at the wisdom coming out of the <laughs> looking coming out of a child. So, um, yeah. Uh, uh, tag a vegan and, and send them this, this message. Oh, see, all I right, knew so. the people love the food portion. They already commented. My number three fry of all time is... Uh, I thought you said... Oh, no, you didn't tell me your three. Uh-uh. Sorry, my three, my third, my third favorite fry is the crinkle cut fry. Just your basic crinkle cut so like, fry. Like at Zaxby's. I hate Zaxby's, so I don't even, I don't even, I don't even want to discredit my crinkle cuts. I don't like Zaxby's like, either. And the one across nah. the street is terrible customer service. Terrible. Um, so okay. crinkle, crinkle cut fries. Okay. I just like I like it when it's soft in the middle and just crunchy on the outside. Yeah. So this one is like so I love um fresh cut fries. That's like mm-hmm. my number one, but that's, that's my number one too. But that's not my number oh, one style. Gotcha. So, so I'm way. just gonna say my favorite is my number three is fresh cut fries for right now, like the kind you get at five guys. Yeah, that, that will be my number three. But I'm gonna add, but that's just with salt. But I'm gonna add toppings to my next two. That's why I didn't say they were number one. However, for my next two fries, it is an understood that they are fresh cut. So number yeah, three yeah. is uh, fresh cut fries. And my sister, she says waffle fries. Waffle fries would have been oh, tied yeah. for three. Yep. But but it's something about the experience that comes with the crinkle cut fry. Yeah. That I, put see, the waffle. I'm not a big fan of crinkle, so yeah. You not? No. Because they, they remind me of Zaxby's, and I don't like Zaxby's. See? See how the devil does things, man? <laughs> the devil's a liar, man. <laughs> He's a father of lies. But so I'll, waffles, eat, I'll, I'll eat any fry, to be honest with you. I love fries. I mean, I'll eat any potato, literally. Yeah, we don't even I matter. Love, and then I could also put sweet potatoes with that, but, I mean, those aren't real fries, so I didn't add that, but I do love sweet potato fries. Ooh, curly fries. See? Corey See, if, added again. if we... Would have did top five mm-hmm. curly yeah. fries would have probably been number four and then waffle fries number five. Yeah, Let's and, see like, number I, and, and being from Pennsylvania, we put fries on our sandwiches. So, like yeah. I have fries to my burgers, to my sandwiches, everything. We put them on there. Um, uh, Corey, if you know about um Primanti Brothers, which I'm sure you do, living in Pennsylvania, they put fries and coleslaw on all of there, so that's good. See that now nah, I'm straight. Um, Dari Dario fries. Let me see what Dario fries are. I never heard of Dario fries. See what they see what she talking. Oh, is that a is that a restaurant? Maybe. Yeah, I think it's a restaurant. Uh, where? Uh, Tamara, help us out. Let's see what she told us. There's one in Law or in. Uh, what's the place by the by the lake in Charlotte called, bro? Oh, these do look good. Uh, you have one over in Mooresville. You know where that's at? You know where that's at? Yeah, yeah. Mooresville, I mean, okay, near the near uh, Lake um, Norman. Oh, yeah, so it's a restaurant. Oh, okay, yeah, these yeah, look good. Those do, those. Oh, those look good. They're uh, waffle fries. Oh. 
and they almost look like they're waffle sweet potato fries. Oh no, they have new ones called sweet potato. That's what I'm looking at. Okay, cool. So I've never had them, but maybe I can check them out. I'm gonna check them out. All right. All right. Um. So, uh, oh, let's see if she's the fries from Rallies. I never had Rallies. Long John Silver has great fries. Okay, y'all, y'all might be you know what? Long John Silver's. My wife slaps me every time I say that because you know she's bougie. But uh, <laughs> uh, but, uh yep. but I, you know, I'm just gonna keep it real. Uh, Rallies is checkers, Ezzy. They che- checkers, checkers do have the best fries. Yeah. I like the checkers yeah. fries has that extra crunch on it. Yeah, exactly. They change right. it to Rallies. That's oh my bad, my bad. Number two. Uh, beer batter fish chips are the goat of fries. Three waffle fries. Okay, okay. Cajun fry. All right. My number two fry for time's sake. Mm-hmm. Man. Hmm. I would have to say potato wedges, man. Ooh, that is making me rethink. But no, I'm not going to rethink. Potato um, wedges, that's man. Fantastic. I love. Potato wedges are thick cut fresh fries. So, yeah, so we're good. Yeah. Okay. So, my number two, of course, like I said, it's still fresh cut, but it's truffle parmesan fries. I never had those so, and I'm going to try it, but you got to tell me where I need to go. So, uh, yeah. So, they have truffle oil and shredded fresh parmesan and parsley. Like, type in truffle parmesan fries. Well, I see it right well, now. Par- uh, parmesan. Type in Parmesan truffle fries and bring it up on the screen if you want. Yeah, but I'm about I to bring it up right you, now. You, you will love it. I'm going to pull it really up for the people. I never had these, but they look good. Let me um, show, show the people. Give me one second. People must see this. Exactly. Yeah. Man. Right there. Man. They're so good, they, dude. They look like these are the fries that might be in heaven, bro. Yeah, I'm telling you that when, when you have them, uh, see, those are for bougie people. That's why they're not on my number one because I haven't made it to, to the place where uh, my wife has made it in life. But um, uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, but I don't think we yeah I don't think we ever will, my brother. But that, but that but exactly, and I don't think we, we've made it to where Brittany and Joanne are. But nope. so that's why this had to be my number two. But if I if I was all the way you know, uh, cultured, like our, our sisters, I, I would say that was my number one. But um, yeah, truffle fries you will love hands down. Yeah, it'll probably be your because the truffle oil is so good, and then the, the parmesan. Um, well, I'm gonna try. I'm gonna find something this week for sure. My number one, yeah. go ahead, is chili cheese fries from Ooh. the what's the fries you said the uh, fresh cut chili cheese fries, but it's a tie, man. It's either Texas. I don't know which one I like better, chili cheese fries or Texas cheese fries. How about I break the tie? What's that? My number one is Texas cheese fries. Texas cheese fries when they're done right. You know what? Yeah, yeah, when they're done right. Yeah, they have to be. They have to be fresh cut. They have to use fresh cheddar. They've got yep. to use the good bacon, and they yep. have to use if they put chives on them. And then they can serve them with. Uh, yeah, I think I would pick Texas on the side. I would do Texas cheese fries above chili cheese fries because yeah. most people's chili is not that good. Yeah, exactly. You you have a better chance. Well, yeah, no, yeah. I, I think I like I, I, I like the chili, Texas cheese. But I I would just go with Texas <clears throat> cheese. 
because yeah, yeah I like the, is hit and miss whenever it's on fries versus by yeah man so i like yeah. uh yeah i think i have a better experience because with chili cheese fries it's it's messier yeah. i like my fries where i can eat on the go i don't have to use no napkin so if i'm driving you mean, off you mean the chili yeah the chili one's messier right yeah, the chili's messy. When I got the Texas cheese fries, I can eat that while I'm driving. And I like Texas cheese fries with um, like ranch, and nah, sometimes I like to and sometimes I like to dip them in uh, barbecue sauce or ketchup. It just depends. Nah, man, I'm I like I like it the way they come, bro. I tell the lady no sauce. Oh yeah, see, I like sauce. Justin, I Justin Arrington. I can't watch this. I'm on my my brother. That's our little brother right there. Exactly. That's our little so, brother, Justin. What's up, big time? That's my brother, man. That's our little brother right there, man. Um, don't don't worry. You can be on a diet. You just need to do what me and Ezzy do, which is one meal a day. Then you can eat whatever you want. You still lose weight. Yeah. I'm not offering uh diet advice <laughs> in case anybody hey. tries to say that we're doctors. Uh I will say that you that in the Bible they ate two meals a day. That's biblical. That is um, biblical. They didn't eat 15 meals a day like they're telling you, so they can sell you more protein. But anyway. I digress. <laughs> Chili cheese fries is up there, man. But them Texas, you know what? I might try to make it at the house. Texas cheese, Texas, my own Texas fries. I think you could. So here's what here's what my suggestion is. Let me hear. I say you go to Five Guys, come back, throw the cheese and the bacon on them in the oven really fast, and then eat it like that. It just depends on how close Five Guys to or, the house. Or you don't know. even do that. What can you do? Your own fresh cut fries? Just buy some potatoes. Yeah, and just and. Do it yourself. Yeah, that would be even better because it's fresh. Hmm. Or you yeah. can be you can be crazy and bring the cheese and bacon with you. <laughs> I don't listen. I don't. I don't. I don't care. I don't care how people judge me, bro. I do me, bro. <laughs> you bring out your. I do me. <laughs> man, we yeah. miss you too, bro. We got to definitely connect soon, man. Man, man, Justin, what's going on, buddy? Um. Yeah, bro, we can go. We can get together and have some fries. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, man. Well, facts. Laugh a lot. Texas cheese. I had some bold chili. I still. I feel you, bro. But yeah, man. <laughs> Texas ch chili cheese fries. I think I would be more in the mood for Texas che cheese fries mm -hmm. than I would chili cheese fries. But, mean, when got, but when you got, but when you, but when you got a good chili cheese fries, that's mm -hmm. an experience with a good chili cheese dog. Now yeah, the Texas cheese fries can stand on their own. They can yeah, stand they on their own. With ch chili cheese fries, you need a chili dog. Yeah. All right, we got to go, y'all. We love y'all, man. Yeah, we do. Justin, it's good to see you, my friend. Good to see you, bro. Uh, we love y'all, and uh, God willing, we'll be back next week. And yeah. We'll go from there. We'll so. see y'all next time. Peace, y'all. Love you guys. Bye.